0: Hello and welcome to Greedo Shop First I'm Benjamin Light
1: And I am Marco Sparks
0: And today we're here to talk about Star Wars As we Wars. are every time we record one of these mm-hmm. Um, this is actually take two We recorded something two days ago uh, and it was funny because we were Right before Lucasfilm kind of put out their announcement That they're putting the, you know, putting the brakes on a bunch of their Kind of side projects We were talking about how we suspected they would and should <laughs> Mm-hmm. but it, it felt kind of weird but like the day after we recorded it suddenly all this stuff happened so we figured we'd just re-record it um let's see what do we anything we need to cover from the last one that we won't touch um i guess we talked about all the various rumors of uh you know han you know harrison ford being cast or carrie fisher being cast um don't believe anything Latina review prints ever i think would sure. be the first thing sure. uh, we didn't we didn't do podcasts for those because we didn't really believe them and even if it may ultimately be true, we don't think that their sources are accurate. So, um.
1: yeah, if if Mark Hamill appears in the Star Wars in Star Wars Episode Seven, it won't be because Latino Review broke it first.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the the interesting detail over the past month to come out is just the way that the Lucasfilm sale went down, where Lucas really did, like, work on these pitches and hire Michael Arndt to write a screenplay, like, before the sale was, you know, happening. Um, And he seemed to, at least from the interview and whatever that was, um, he seemed to really want Disney to want his treatments. Like, he wanted that to be part of the deal. Um, What was it? Bob Iger his quote was something like, uh, you know, obviously they were, like, a little nervous to see what Lucas had, but his quote was something like, uh, we saw a lot of possibilities for storytelling or something like that. Um, mm. Which just makes me think, like, right now they could either just be plowing further in on the script Michael Arndt wrote from the treatments Lucas made, or they could be round-filing the whole thing. I mean, like, okay, Michael Arndt, we're going to do
1: this instead. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that we talked about that it's uh, not super time-sensitive, but I think was interesting is that all throughout his career, Lucas and his compatriots, people like Coppola and Spielberg, well, Coppola less so, I think. Um, but these are people who are innovators, not just creatively, but they're pushing what you can do with film behind mm. and in front of the camera. And again, the story that I, that I always love about Kirshner and his motivation for scenes and Lucas whips out the uh, blueprints for Skywalker Ranch. Like, like we were talking about how the prequels really gave birth to big genre you know like the special effect filmmaking of the past 10 years and that's been lucas's thing is is that you could tell from the prequels that he was writing stories that would push his imagination to what mm-hmm. you can see on the screen and well you know jj abrams has an amazing imagination like will like, it, 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 he's not does not come from that same background you know of of pushing the technical effects on what can be done and
0: not done yeah you you also kind of got the impression when it came to the prequels that lucas was most interested in kind of pushing the effects technology and digital filmmaking stuff further mm-hmm. and star wars was basically just like an excuse for him to be able to do all that and mm-hmm. make money on it you know like you yeah. Like, if you ask him, like, what are you most interested about, like, this next Star Wars movie? And he was the answer, honestly, it would probably be, like, I really want to, like, you know, see if my, like, new, like, you know, computer data tracking cameras, like, work well in, like, in, in doing CGI or something like that, you know? like, uh, Or just, like, seeing if he can get digital to look as good as film, you know, mm-hmm. in, a, in a real movie shoot.
1: I think one of the things that probably hurt him that we didn't ever really think about is that, you know, he... He had a lot of enthusiasm. You could tell from looking at the behind-the-scenes stuff for *Phantom Menace*, and then you could see where he wasn't that enthusiastic. I mean, he was still enthusiastic, mm-hmm. obviously, because he still did them. But you know, like it, it, it wavered a little bit in the second two prequels because of people's reaction. But I kind of wonder if he uh, wasn't so much like upset when people were like, "Well, oh, Jar Jar's a stupid character." I think he wanted people to be like, he wanted to ask them, "Well, how did he look?" You know? Yeah. Was
0: he believable? Did he fit into the? the frame you know did it seem like he was there like i think that was yeah his his concern and i think one of the reasons that jar jar is so absolutely ridiculous is he wanted the character to be super animated you know Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i mean i I think it's it's like we were talking about just lucas you know he's whatever he's thinking he's put enough of his time and his life into these stories So, of course, he's going to do everything he can so that when he hands over the reins, he believes that there's every possibility that they're in good hands. that They've got, you know, what he believes will be a a, a good chance at the next life. Um, He knows what Disney will do with it.
0: The stuff with him, like working on the treatments and hiring Michael Arnn, I think that's like he knows sooner or later somebody else is going to be making star wars movies like that's just the way the world works you know yeah, okay. uh, eventually after he's dead it would happen and so this is his chance to at least have a part in it um he doesn't i don't think he at all wants to make them himself that's why he's selling Lucasfilm. but he mm-hmm. at least wants to say like well this is what i would do and at least let me try to make it good so that you know in some way rather even if they uh, get rid of a lot of what he has they're probably going to be working off a basic framework what he puts down so he can... They're going to be it.
1: working off the basic DNA that he laid mm-hmm. down in six different films and countless, you know, spinoff and, and non-canon material. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's isn't that what everyone wants, though? Is Everyone wants to walk away from something saying, it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and he's got that. And he's got billions of dollars that he can donate to charity. Well,
0: it's, it's the opposite of the, the... There's a weird section of the Star Wars fan base who has like conspiracy theories about how lucas is not to uh, lucas has no credit for any of the good things in star wars and only like the bad things like it's like oh the original star wars that was all like his wife Marsha lewis like the editing was what made that movie you know and yeah it was yeah. you know other like there are people out there who find ways to like take away any credit from lucas at all and like put it on you know Kirshner and cassin and whatnot what's um, you know
1: in obviously the film is a collaborative medium, but yeah, it's like, you cannot completely <laughs> disvalue the yeah. contributions of this man who's been I around. Feel like I, I think I had something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we were talking a little bit about uh, um, how, whether it's coming or not, or it should be coming that we really want to see like the essential apocalypse on multiple levels come to the books and everything else. And, that's apparently happening at least you know uh the clone wars is officially ending or is officially yeah, well, over yeah this isn't even so much to do with
0: some other parts of the EU although that may be coming for them but basically Luke's film put out a thing where they're they're basically saying they're heading in a new direction they're going to like wrap up the clone wars tv show mm-hmm. um they're putting star wars detours on hold which hopefully means it will never ever see the light of day cuz man I mean, that, that show is like indicative of like what a sad
1: state Star Wars was in in like the late 2000s, you know? Well, part of me wonders too if this, while well, they probably want to kind of draw everything in, you know, and regroup before they plan their next, you know, multi tiered attack on, on media. Like, I think part of it too is that they're just severing ties of Cartoon Network so they can go to the Disney Channel probably. Um, I haven't actually watched anything of Star Wars Detours. I just seen the animation. I wasn't. Impressed. Did you see that one clip? No, I didn't. I just saw that little little thumbnail. I seen like a clip.
0: trailer, and I seen a clip, and it is brutally awful. Like mm. it's not even like funny on the level of like uh, those other uh, what was it Robot Chicken ones. Like mm. it's just terrible. Um, obviously, Disney now that they control Lucasfilm. Is they're clearing the decks. Um, yeah. And it's kind of funny to see kind of the usual Star Wars fan suspects freak out about it. Because um, they're all mad about like, you know, like, oh, the Clone Wars, which was you know, probably pretty much done anyway. They're like mad that uh, it's ending officially, you know. Um, yeah. I-, I found a hilarious thread on uh, the ForceNet where this guy, and he writes fairly, especially for this forum, he's fairly reasonable and mm-hmm. uh, articulate. He basically says like, He's like, is the future of Star Wars going to somewhat ignore the prequel era? Um, not like it didn't happen, but they're kind of wrapping up Clone Wars stuff. They are uh, sp- apparently putting a hold on some of the other video games, uh, like that 1313 thing. Mm. Uh, that Underworld show may never happen now. And it's kind of like Disney's uh, refocusing on Episode 7 and stuff that's going to uh, kind of tie into Episode 7. And he just kind of puts this out there like this is what it seems like luke's own or luke's disney are doing and they like just gets immediately attacked by all the other stars fans like <laughs> mm-hmm. this is an epic fail like you're an idiot you know <laughs> like it's like really you don't see that happening because that's what the, looks like is happening
1: the first comet just responds with a picture of the falcon <laughs> flying away from the exploding death star
0: yeah and it's like it's really weird to use a uh a nerdy analogy that Star Wars fans would would uh, grasp, I guess. It's like it's like you're in the Jedi Temple and you see Anakin Skywalker killing all these other Jedi, and you're like, well, there could be a lot of reasons for this. It doesn't <laughs> mean he's gone evil, you know. Yeah, he just killed another guy, but you know, maybe that guy. It's like, dude, like they're coming to kill you, you know? <laughs> like
1: he's torn the head off one youngling and he's using it to beat all the other younglings yeah. to death. It could be a lot of things happening here. It's yeah, you don't really know what's sesh.
0: happening. Don't say anything. Yeah.
1: Let me just get some more facts before mm-hmm. I freak out. Disney
0: um, is, they're clearing the decks, and I think it's great. Like, somebody needed to do this a long time ago. Like, they're they are taking control of the franchise brand, and, I mean, stuff like Detours was horrible. Like, I think that's the last thing Disney wants is to treat the brand as, uh, like, a comedy outlet, you know?
1: Yeah, well, I think, I believe it was... Merlin Mann, who made the analogy between Disney and Apple, and how they mm-hmm. they seem to be specializing in quality. Funny like, you uh, that. Like, uh, I would I would like to see the Star Wars brand get back to that. You know what I mean? Like, fine Star Wars products. It doesn't mean you can't go back to stories set in the prequel era later, but mm-hmm. you know, circle the wagons, regroup, plan your next one because that's that, Episode Seven really does bring up the question legitimately as two words of what's next.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and that's how it should be.
0: Well, you know, I, I actually find it really funny you mentioned that because I've been thinking that although this isn't nearly the same and may not have the same outcome, it slightly reminds me of when Steve Jobs came back to Apple mm-hmm. because when he came back, he basically went on like a hatchet run and just mm-hmm. cut shit left and right uh, until the only things left they, were, they had were like they're they're going to focus on making the iMac, the iPod and Mac OS X and that was it. They had, like, the Newton, like, they had all this other shit going on at Apple at the time. Uh, and none of it was particularly good. And so, like, he just canceled it all. Um, and I, I feel like this is a, a similar idea here that we're getting from Disney is like, forget all this side shit. You know, we don't need to be doing 3D re releases of the old movies. We don't need to be making a, a comedy cartoon, you know, and get rid of this Clone Wars cartoon because it was done anyway. Like, they're, they're moving on, you know, they're, they're going to stop crawling up their own asshole for a moment, and they're going to focus on the future.
1: Wait, well, yeah, and again, and it doesn't mean that they can't come back to any of the stuff later. But mm-hmm. right now, they need to be in a serious planning stage, considering that for all we know, the script for episode seven is not finished, and yeah. that's really going to be the decider on you know the next forty years of this franchise. Um, and with some of that stuff, when you have a new you know new people coming and take over the reins you could sell or like you could have a vision, but that vision could be spread very thin. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we,
0: we both like the prequels. We enjoy them. Um, as much as we like them and enjoy them, you'd be crazy if you didn't think that the brand had taken a severe hit over yeah. the past decade. And a whether half, whether you
1: know? legitimate or not, in some cases, it took the hit. The perception is out there. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, we're not claiming that, that the prequels are, you know our opinion of the prequels is what matters and they're great and that you're an idiot if you think so i mean you probably are in some cases but like the majority of people have reported back that they have issues with the prequels and and it's time yeah, for disney, it's a, it's a to, real thing <laughs> yeah it's a real thing like disney can build from that
0: though. and they they know it like i think they are going to do as much as they can to get people to start thinking about kind of the original era star trek stuff again you know uh, I'm actually kind of curious for Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I had to go commit uh, honorable suicide now. Uh, it's, it's they did mention uh, with the Clone Wars thing that they want to like refocus on telling stories that haven't been covered by the by specifically they said the movies and TV shows. So that like everyone for some reason all the Star Wars fans want that to mean the Old Republic, which mm-hmm. I find incredibly boring. Um, yeah. I took it to mean you're far more likely to start getting uh cartoons that either are taken directly from the eu uh books going forward if they decide they want that or basically using cartoons to kind of retcon all that into whatever they want for the new movies you know
1: i I would predict that by the end of this year or the start of next year you will hear of the plans for a new star wars cartoon to be on Mm -hmm. disney um you just hear the plans because animation takes a while. And yeah. they have a while. They don't have to worry about getting this. Like, the, the cartoon probably won't be out until after episode 7 drops. But, um, like, I think you're going to hear, start hearing the plans. And I wouldn't be shocked that they do come back with 3D releases of the original trilogy. Eventually. And I think that's yeah. fine. Because you want to kind of build people back up to that, like, get them ready for episode 7 again. But, like, they don't need to start thinking about that now.
0: hmm. On a new cartoon, I mean, if they wanted to they could do something completely new uh they could also kind of treat it the uh the book in comic books and whatnot like uh marvel treats their source material which is to say like hey uh we kind of like say like the Thrawn story but uh we're gonna just gonna do it our own way you know that we're just gonna pick what elements we like and and tell our own story in a cartoon and you know maybe the cartoon continuity will line up with the new episode seven continuity but it's not necessarily going to reflect the EU very closely you know yeah. that well, like, that wouldn't you- surprise me at all actually if they just basically like the the marvel route of saying hey these are some good ideas we're going to take and work with on our own without mm-hmm. feeling tied down
1: well when you did your pitch i thought it was very kind cuz it did not expressly <laughs> disavow the EU at all i don't think you're going to get that with the movies of episode 7 I think it's it's going to do at least something that says that, you know the the books are not canon and that's probably for the best because like you said mm-hmm. there's there are some good ideas that have popped up in the EU in the last 15 years maybe what percent and a half good ideas and the rest is terrible yeah oh
0: <laughs> well, and I think they they have like this kind of big like all this kind of like foundation has been laid for various planets and Kind of species and technologies, and they can all still use that. They just mm-hmm. don't have to like be beholden to the uh, the actual storylines. Like, if they want to make you know the new episode seven where like it's like Han and Leia's kids or it's Luke's kids, and they're completely different from the kids in the books, they're gonna do that, you know. Mm-hmm. And they might still be referencing stuff from the EU. Otherwise, you know, they there might have still been like a Thrawn thing that happened at some point, but it happened in kind of a different way and i don't know get used to it you know
1: i think they need to to come to an end on their stuff with the books um and if they're going to keep releasing books between now and and episode seven release they maybe should go back to uh, original trilogy era Mm -hmm. you know just tell little stories in there that don't piss anyone off that don't that aren't going to look stupid two years later when episode seven comes out and expressly denies that ever happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you made the joke that, that they're going to reboot the book universe and just say that someone was flow walking back in time. And- you know,
0: actually I, uh, I've been doing a little research online. There's a book that Matthew Stover wrote. He's kind of an overrated author, but um, he wrote uh, was Luke Skywalker and the shadows of Mindor, or Mindor, mm-hmm. um, which like takes place during the original like i think it's supposed to take place like right after new hope or something like that um but i guess there's some sort of weird meta joke in it about like like uh books or or tv shows or something i haven't read it so i don't know what the exact uh, reference is but something about how there's like basically fiction being created about luke mm-hmm. you know that like you know like in the the media world that he exists in you know like people are starting to like make up stories about him and I guess it's the way it's written is it's kind of like a, a an escape hatch if they wanted to use it to say that all the all the EU stuff is really just like kind of uh you know fan, fan fiction. fiction basically yeah yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a glorious waste of your time though <laughs> <laughs> well I mean I feel like Star Trek
0: already did the like the time travel reboot you know thing um, so I don't know well, I'm, I'm kind of curious you can't I... steal that again.
1: Well, and that's the thing to me. is like time travel has no business in Star Wars. Like it just. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but I kind of, I haven't really sampled it in a while. I know that they're doing Star Trek comics that always work as like prequels to the movies. Like I know they've got the whole Star Trek comic, uh, uh, prequel to Into Darkness out. And mm-hmm. that's where some of the people are getting, in addition to the toy stuff, that's where they're getting the possibility of the Dark Horse Robert April rumor mm-hmm. for Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of wonder what do the Star Trek books look like now? Are they new movie centric? Because I think people would go out and still buy like next generation books, but you, but at the same time that they're, they're completely like that timelines being yeah. written. I well, don't I so, just, It just, how much does this fictional universe like matter to you and the hey, rules of it?
0: Here's a question for you. Um, cause I'm not really, I've never really paid any attention to like the, the Star Trek expanded universe, but, um, how much is that considered canon like even before the new star trek movie like the books and whatnot like what was the attitude with them because it doesn't seem like it was the same as it is for star
1: wars it was it was not really considered canon but the thing about it is it's like any other star trek thing where at the end of a book they're going to go back to the status quo Mm -hmm. the only thing that's going to ever change are original characters to those books so a lot of times in a Star Trek book, you'll see a thing at the beginning that tells you that this takes place between here and here. You know, mm-hmm. this episode okay. and this episode. And then sometimes you'll see a Star Trek book that kind of references like something that happened to a character in a previous Star Trek books. And there are Star Trek authors that are fantastic, like Peter David. Like I, I would presume, that they're going to make anything, canon, it be anything Peter David does? Because he just got Star Trek and he made fun, interesting, but epic stories. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I also got the like impression that. Too.
0: no one ever really considered those books to be canon not really no yeah whereas the what's weird about the like star wars you know universe is that lucasfilm has always tried to say that everything is canon like until it's not um which is somewhat unique i guess for that sort of franchise um you know like with the comic book world their continuity so fucked up anyway that like nobody even knows, you know? Mm. Um, but with Star Wars, they've tried to like keep up this illusion that everything is actually canon until eventually like, you know, something happens like the prequels, like invalidated
1: a lot of stuff and they had to retcon it. Well, I think, I think that the impression that I always got when I was a kid and I fr- first walked into a tower books and saw *Heir to the empire sitting there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the, the fuck is this, <laughs> you know, like, was that listen, kid, there's never gonna be another Star yeah. Wars movie, but <laughs> yeah. we, we haven't given up on you. Here it is. We'll take your money for this, you know. And now, obviously, things have changed twice. You know, lightning has struck three more or two more times. Um, in in the nineties, you know, because in the in the nineteen eighty five was a big year for comic books, and you had Crisis Infinite Earths, which changed comic book industry and changed the DC Universe and all this fat, fat, fat.
0: I remember it like it was yesterday.
1: I'm sure you do. You were all of five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but in a lot of ways 1985 was a big year for comics it was the birth of the dark age but uh so in the 90s this guy named grant morrison and a few other guys tried to create like a new thing oh, called nice, nice
0: Hypertime. name drop there
1: yeah Hypertime. and later on grant morrison you know did other things and, and other crises and stuff he's had a huge effect on comics but he pitched something into dc comics called Hypertime, which they resoundly didn't understand and, and threw out the window though he's later it or introduced it into other things but it was basically that continuity is too ridiculous in comic books and that the comic book universe should exist from the time that the reader was born and only come up to net where they are now. And that stories can be written that don't invalidate other stories, but don't tie you into 30 years of shit that you don't care about and don't need to go look up.
0: I feel like you've talked about this on the podcast before. And then as now I just kind of tuned it out mentally
1: Yeah, but it's it's basically an idea for all things and these kind of things that are non-canon though. It's it's take what you want to take, you know, and that's your experience. And that's unfortunate. That's the entire EU, really, of Star Wars.
0: Turns out it was all just uh, fictional novels written by like uh, Luke Skywalker's biographer.
1: I just I just literally want a scene where Chewbacca wakes up in a shower. if you were like did he say it was all a dream what did he say <laughs> what did he say <laughs> and maybe r2 comes in and boop, 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 boop. Uh, but yeah i would i would think they would be they would be considering what the end of the world looks like in the eu right now <laughs> as far as star wars books like how it's, do you i mean it's really end your story like you, you read these you
0: read these threads and there's so much anger and bitterness and like like, how they, they can't wouldn't possibly abandon us, the true fans, who spent all this money on all the books. It's like, guess what? <laughs> they are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, really, you true fans got more out of this than some suit somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I would, uh, you know, end your story. Like, and I, feel, I, I don't blame these true fans for being upset for investing so strongly in all the ways they did, but I just wish they invested in something that was better. No, I... I i think it's more just about
0: being uh i don't know mentally malleable enough to realize that this is just fiction you know yeah um and if you've been paying attention at all to any other like kind of like franchise works over the last three or 4 years you'd know that things like this happen every now and then you know i mean try explaining like x-men continuity to anyone
1: yeah well i mean i'm not what i'm saying is i I can understand that, that a good story can have an effect on you and it can matter. I mean, some people get really broken up about what fictional characters do. I mean, there are, I mean, like, it's the same thing. Like, I, I when I remember when they were trying to push that Buffy the Vampire Slayer reboot, I was just like, why? You know what I mean? Like, never mind the fact that, that the TV show was really great. Like, like, don't, you don't need to do that. You don't need to, like, ruin it. Yeah, but work. that wouldn't have, like, affected me
0: emotionally. I don't know. Maybe it's, uh, that's just because I'm dead inside, but. Quite,
1: quite possibly, or like the lady I used to work with before I've told you about several times. Speaking of Buffy, she really liked the the or really disliked the Buffy season five finale, and mm. therefore, to her, the show was dead from that point on. And she like threw herself wholly into the well of fan fiction from that point on. Like there was no season six. Yeah, to see, to her. me, that's
0: that's what you need to avoid. Yeah, yeah,
1: you need to live in a fantasy world, but.
0: It's it's like the analogy I used before cr- calling up your own asshole, shutting the door and throwing away the key, you know. Yeah. Only in this case your own asshole is a different
1: universe. Yeah. People are like
0: they're fun. sad that Star, Star Wars detours isn't going to happen. It's like why? Like why would you want such bad things to happen to your favorite franchise? Um I don't know. I'm I'm like thrilled that Disney's doing this. I hope they uh, wield an even sharper axe, you know. No. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I just I think it's a very shrewd move. I think it's not even a shrewd move; it's a common sense move, really. Well, why you're you're
0: about to come out with an episode seven, which let's say the rumors are true, and it sounds like from Lucas they are that they're going to have uh, Hanley and Luke in them. That means Hanley and Luke are going to be in their sixties at least. So you're looking at a story in the future, mm-hmm. say at thirty or so or more years in the future. Why would you want to have everyone? doing all this like engaging all the star wars media that's all like you know still prequel era or still like Mm -hmm. you know the era between episode three and four like they don't want you thinking about that
1: everything should be about getting you ready for what's next Mm -hmm. that's that's the those two words are key what's next um i think that i'm kind of surprised they didn't make this announcement earlier but i kind of wonder if they were just waiting for like clone wars to end yeah it could be well
0: i think a lot of it the one of the annoying things I've always felt about the, the prequels in general is just the idea of going back and telling prequels. I don't feel like it's a very good storytelling idea. Um, and all the other stuff in the prequel era, it's all kind of just like this, like coloring in on the edges, you know? Um, mm-hmm. uh, which to me, it's, it's far more exciting to think, you know, about what's next. Okay. Now you're moving forward. You don't have to focus on, you know, just kind of like, all these like middling little side stories that people get obsessed with. It's like, you can actually move forward and tell new stories, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, like, that's, that was my thing about, uh, like when they announced that Star Trek enterprise show, like, which, you know, had its yeah. own flaws and some parts of it were okay, but it, it had a lot of flaws. The thing is to me, like Star Trek to me was always about what's next. It should be something new. It should be about pushing forward and exploration and all this stuff. Like you should just have done another, enterprise set in the future you know and and get yourself away from the next generation era of storytelling and get us thinking about even more in the future since since you know the next generation was about not so much the 24th century it was about like 20 decades you know 20 or 20 years or before the time it was on you know what Mm -hmm. i mean once you reach that point it's time to start thinking about the next 20 years just like you could say the original series of Star Trek was about the 30 years that led up to Next Generation. And we got to that point point, we saw that, you know, a lot of those things are possible now. You know, things like tricorders and, mm-hmm. and medical readouts on your hospital bed are, are something very real. Like,
0: and, well, and as,
1: as technology changes, the,
0: the imaginations of the people writing science fiction change as well. You know, like something mm-hmm. like the internet, if you go back and read any sci fi, uh, that's older than like the uh, mid '80s. You're, you're not, you're never gonna see anything regarding the internet at all. Um, especially the whole idea of like, like big data and kind of like data mining and uh, all that kind of stuff. Like you don't see that in old sci-fi for reasons because nobody really thought about it.
1: You know, uh, you see little hints of things. These people had no idea. They, they weren't had no idea what was coming. But they see yeah. little hints of things. See, the science fiction is not about prediction. It's about extrapolation, really. Exactly. It's about looking at now and thinking about where you could go. It's not about predicting where you're going to go. I mean, it's it's still fiction, you know what I mean? It's still mm. science fiction. Deals more strongly in metaphor than any other genre, I think. And yeah. I just love this. and uh, this
0: thread, this guy's just getting attacked left and right. He says, uh, "You know, why risk including elements that come with such divided opinion?" You know. Uh, and the the guy is just like wrong. Star is a saga; they'll build on everything that came before. Deal with it. It's like, dude, yeah. I think uh, somebody else needs to
1: deal with it here. Yeah. Well, just what frustrates me about this thread—I just glance at little bits of the comments—is that they just roundly miss what this guy was saying. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he's not—he's not claiming that they're gonna like like none of these things happen in the prequels. Yeah, he's not he's saying not claiming, they're gonna make the prequels it's time to move on, Yeah.
0: And obviously I think Disney's going to be like hey we don't want people thinking about all the kind of prequel era tropes and and uh you know the kind of different worlds that are you know synonymous with the prequels like they want to get away from that. Like I'm really interested to see whether or not they do have Coruscant in the next one, you
1: know. Yeah, I mean it's it's well, at the same time that you really want J.J. Abrams to invent something new. Mm-hmm. You know, if anything you should be kind of upset that like we went to Tatooine three times in the prequels. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not not that you didn't have to, but like you kind of wanted to see something new there. I mean, yeah, it's about progression. I think in a lot of ways, um, I just like right now, I feel like JJ Abrams and Michael are had like the greatest jobs in the world.
0: Mm -hmm. I just love seeing all these, uh, people are putting these little, Image macros up, it's like picture of Lando, you know, this deal is getting worse all the time,
1: you know. i I just I don't know how you can't be excited about
0: people are like, I think it sounds like Disney's only interested in it for the money. It's like, well, they did pay four billion for it. I think they're probably at least thinking a little bit about making that money
1: back. Yeah, they're 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 entitled to have a little bit of concern about their investment. Mm -hmm. Um but four
0: billion dollars is not exactly chump change
1: i mean i guess i could go round right around my couch and find about half of that right now but mm-hmm. at the same time though i guess i would i would dread being michael Arndt and jj abrams although if you're if you're in this business this is the kind of opportunity you absolutely live for and dread I mean, yeah, because yeah. the pressure would be on in such a huge way but would it though i guess i mean like if episode seven tanks how bad could it be that they couldn't rescue it with episode eight
0: you know i mean i think if if you're going to tackle this, you just have to go in at the attitude of just, you know, balls deep, uh-huh. going in all the way. Not gonna, not gonna listen to any like potential haters here. You know, like mm-hmm. this is the idea I have. Uh, you know, and you worked it out with JJ and Michael Art and whatnot and like full steam ahead, you know, uh-huh. cause they're no matter what they do, there's going to be people who are outraged that it's not what they wanted them to do. You know?
1: And more and more, I've started to think that as a director, I would have still preferred Brad Bird but as a guy to kind of spearhead this effort I do like JJ Abrams a lot for this job mm-hmm. because he he is a fanboy he he does have his like nerd sci-fi writer pedigrees but uh as we were as we were saying in our aborted boarded you know podcast two days ago he he brings purpose to his ideas though they're not just flash you know they're he usually typically has a reason he thinks about the world that these characters live in and, and, and operate in. Um, yes, he is in the business of big, crazy spectacle. And there are things that could be redundant, but he, he, I think he would look at the, uh, uh, the world of episode seven and it would have a purpose, you know, we may not agree with it initially, but it doesn't mean it won't be something we didn't think of. And it's even better. I don't know how you can't be excited about this era of Star Wars. I just don't. It's, it's something new. Like to me,
0: that's like what's most thrilling about it. Um, yeah you know, even if it's totally different from the the books in the EU, that's that's even more thrilling. It's like, wow, I wonder what they're gonna do instead, you know? This um, is like especially when you consider the kind of the uh if you really think about like what happens to like the solo and Skywalker lines, you know. It's mm-hmm. kind of like awful. <laughs> it's like it's just like a story of tragedy for the most part, you know. I mean yeah. I guess Jane is still around. Um, it's like, Oh yeah, Luke's wife gets murdered by his nephew and you know, yeah i don't know that's that's not fun like that's that's not exactly star wars it, and the way it was done it was never done in like a like an anakin becoming darth vader kind of way you know mm-hmm. um it was more just like just random violence you know
1: mm. well see like never mind should they should they not they should get rid of the big three actors you know by the end of episode seven mm-hmm. but like i don't think you should be polluted i mean like you should have I would like to see if it's a Skywalker kid, which it probably would be, obviously because it's a Skywalker family. You would think like I wouldn't mind it being like Han and Leia's kid, but you don't want to have to keep dealing with like the Solo bloodline and stuff <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Like if it's going to do anything, it's going to Skywalker family, and you just want to keep moving it forward. The characters that are introduced in Episode Seven through Nine shouldn't be meant to last forever.
0: Well, to me, like if I'm a writer and I, I and say the EU didn't exist at all, and they just said okay. We want you to, like, think about doing movies with, like, you know, Han and Leia and Luke's kids or something like that. Uh Just the idea of, like, of a Solo who's also has the Force, like, that's a lot of fun, you know? Yeah. You get, like, it immediately just conjures up these images of, like, well, maybe they're Jedi, but they're kind of, like, a badass Jedi or, you know, maybe they, I don't know. Like, there, there's a lot of fun you can have just with the idea of taking Han Solo's kid and giving him Force powers, you know?
1: You got to be careful with that, though, because that starts to go to the way of madness of, like, Old Republic and the video game stuff. And I wouldn't say so. I can't remember all these characters, but, like, Dash Rendar and Dash Rendar is just a Han analog. And whoever the guy is that, like, he was, like, a... Uh, there was, like, another one that was like him, I want to say, from, like, the video games, that he was, like, a Jedi, but he was, like, a badass Jedi. Like Kyle Katarn. I have no idea. Yeah, no. That's the problem. There's a lot of bullshit in the EU. Yeah. It's a lot of bullshit.
0: Yes, there is like flow walking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm excited. Um, I think it's probably still going to be a few months before we get close to casting or anything like that.
1: Mm. That's what, that's the thing we were talking about. And uh, the aborted one too was, is obviously they need to finish a script <laughs> At least a draft of a script, and they probably have a first draft. They're probably working on you know successive drafts. But yeah. we were but, talking about at some point they're going to have to start whether whether they announce it or not. It's they're going to have to start thinking about casting because these yeah. are going to be huge endeavors to like lock down actors for. Well, and one
0: thing I am curious about is the uh they got all this stuff from Lucas and the deal, but they're. Absolutely not beholden to it You know like Disney can literally throw it all Away and be like haha sucker if they want to And there's nothing Lucas can do about it I don't think they will but it wouldn't Shock me if After make cutting the deal And then getting JJ on board They're like you know what we actually want to Take a second look at this script Because there might be like stuff we want to change You know Mm -hmm. so they may have already had a whole Draft of the script but then went back and said Well we're gonna we're, We're gonna rework it a little now
1: and and I would think that if you hire a guy like J.J. J. Abrams, who by now probably has enough clout, I don't think he's making any kind of deal where he has to walk in and and follow everything that was in that outline from Lucas. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I'm sure that Michael Arnt thought as soon as like Lucas is out of the picture, if there's something he and I disagreed on, I can start pitching it my way. Yeah, up the chain. Um, and you know a lot of people are freaking out about Disney. I think they're freaking out too much. But yeah, it is Disney's property now. <laughs> They could do whatever they want. <laughs> as far as
0: companies go that would manage a property like this, I really don't think you could do any better than Disney.
1: No, um, and, I, and, and let's Lucas be I, honest,
0: Lucasfilm wasn't really doing a very good job of managing their own property. Uh, uh, hence, Star Wars detours, you know.
1: Well, that, and that just that wasn't their thing. That wasn't what they were capable cut out to do. That wasn't what they were capable of doing. Disney, you know, has the infrastructure to handle this kind of thing. And to handle it, like, in other mediums, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look forward to, like, not the discontinuation of Star Tours, but, like, what could the next Star Wars thing at Disneyland be?
0: I think you're probably going to have to wait till uh, Episode 7 through 9 are out for that. I don't know. I mean, I suppose they could start yeah, redoing yeah, yeah. something after Episode 7, but it took them a long time to get uh, the new uh, Star Tour stuff out.
1: And that's I mean, okay, that- because you shouldn't rush into that. And mm-hmm. I don't think Disney will. I mean, they're they're not about rushing poor product out. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you like something they do or not, I mean, they well, put a lot of effort into it.
0: Disney is a company that would, uh, back in the old days, of like VHS and whatnot, like they had their whole vault of movies that they just didn't release, you know? Yeah. They would they would wait, and they are like, okay, for a limited time, we're going to put out like the Robin yeah. Hood movie so you can buy it and then like pull it back again. And if mm-hmm. you didn't buy it, like that's... That's how they operate, um, and a lot of people don't like it, but that's how they've maintained, like, this just vice grip on their brand for decades and decades, and they're still relevant, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the point is that not all of that, you know, mindset came from Walt, you know? Like, they've had some pretty good managers, some pretty hmm. good people who took care of the legacy.
0: You're a big fan of the, uh, Robin Hood Disney movie, right?
1: Hmm. What I remember of it, yeah, I guess.
0: It seems like everybody loves that movie. I I just think it's funny, because I, I like that movie, but I came across something online once. There was some guy's thesis on how uh, that movie's like the nadir of Disney animation. It's apparently like really crappy, actually, if you uh, break it down on like really? an objective level. I also, I also think it's funny, because I see all these nostalgic posts about it online.
1: I loved it as a kid. I, I, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in 25 years, so I, I, I barely remember it, but... Um, I remember, because I, mean, I loved the story of Robin Hood as a kid, and mm-hmm. the idea of Robin Hood being a fox, you know, seemed interesting, but...
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think that's about all we have. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little while, I don't know, maybe stuff will start happening fast now, we'll have to see. But it could be a little while before we podcast again, we'll just have to wait to see if we get any good news to talk and we about. Might,
1: we might decide just to come in and bullshit about Star Wars in general. I mean, uh, I don't know how quickly we're going to finish. Uh, uh, I don't remember the name of the book now. <laughs> oh, Scoundrels! I finished it. Did you? Was it good? Yeah, uh, it's decent. It picks up definitely. Okay, about halfway
0: through it picks up.
1: I only got like a hundred pages in, and I felt bad, but I was just like, "God, like this is I don't know." Ugh. Great cover though. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, uh, until next time, may the force be with you
1: always.